0: I'm going to talk about the appointed time, and we've seen that just in the service this morning. And we're going to spend a little time, so relax. It's still early. We got lots of time. We got all day long. I don't even think of the Bucks playing today. Does anybody know what time? Four o'clock. Oh man, we got time. We got time. Shoo. That's not my issue. My issue is more of a nap on Sunday, not really the Bucks game. Amen. Amen. But on Friday. Yeah, my afternoon nap. I actually took a morning nap yesterday. I I ended up not going to Bible study. I actually didn't feel very good. And um, I took a morning nap at 10 a.m. So... Checks like that is way too early for me to get a nap. Way too early for me to get a nap. But it actually worked out great. 10 to 12, got a little rest there, and uh, it was good. So this morning, I want to talk about uh, what's happening right now. And we're in a season of an appointed time. The appointed time is here. The promises of God are alive. The the What he has promised us is being released in this season. We're in a season of forward. We're moving forward. Um, I was listening to T.D. Jakes on Sunday, uh, on Friday. Somebody sent it to me. And I, I don't always listen to everything people send me because I actually don't have time. And this thing was an hour and a half long. This thing, this word was an hour and a half long. And that's a long time for me to sit and listen to something. If I'm running, I can listen to stuff, but just to sit at my desk. But I did, I sat at my desk. I just felt like I was supposed to listen to it. I've actually listened to it twice and I'll post it up on my Facebook if you're interested in it. But God interrupted his message and began to talk to me. And he began to remind me And I said it Friday night, I had a Sarah moment on Friday afternoon as God began to remind me of the promises he has given me, the prophetic words that have been spoken over me, the visions that he has shown me that they are now. And then on Friday night, we come to the outpouring and Jean, uh, you know, has a word and we go up and he begins to prophesy over me what God had spoken to me earlier in the day. And God was like, I want to confirm what I have already shown you. I want to confirm what I spoke to you in 1999. I want to confirm what I'm doing. This is a season where the appointed time is now. And it's not just for me. It's an appointed time for his people to receive the next installment of the prophetic word he has given us. You know, the prophetic words come in installment. That he gives us the bigger picture, right? He gives us a glimpse of what we're looking forward to, what what the future is going to hold for us, but it's a glimpse. It doesn't come with a timeline. It doesn't come with dates and all those different things. It's like a breath, a seed that is blown into us that germinates and grows and has little blossoms, little blooms across the way. But the bloom is not the whole, the bloom is a part of what he's doing. So that's what I wanna talk about. I wanna talk, we're gonna talk a little bit about Sarah. Like I said, I had a Sarah moment. We're not gonna read the whole book of Genesis. Amen. We got time. We could take turns reading. We used to do that. Remember? But I want to read. First, I want to read the promise. And then we're going to go to Genesis uh, 15 verse 2. And I want to read the promise because what happens is God imparts a promise to us. And it's he imparts it in different ways. How many have a promise of God that are you're waiting for fulfillment in a season? If you don't have a promise from God, then uh, we will pray for you afterwards because there is one there that you may not even recognize that he has given you because God has put within his people a promise, a calling, a destiny, a purpose. It, It is within us. And then what he does is he begins to, you know, he started Abram out by saying, go leave your land, take your people Leave your land. That's how he started him. And then he gives him the picture of what it's going to look like. Uh, ver, uh, chapter 15, verse 2, Genesis. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look. Now, I love the way he talks to God because, as Deb was saying, he didn't talk at him. He didn't talk about him. He's like, this is a face-to-face conversation. He says, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. So this is not that. So don't get confused about what's in front of you, that that is the fulfillment Because it's the only thing you can see. We have to be careful not to make what we have in the present. Equate to the promise that God has given us. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven And count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, how many of you have a picture, a word, a vision from the Lord that is way beyond anything you can count, anything you can number, anything you could put down and do a spreadsheet on? It's just beyond, beyond, because it's bigger than anything you can even imagine, much less project manage. Right? When God gives you a word, you want it all laid out. Flowcharts, spreadsheets, your calendar's mapped. But God gives you something that is so big that you can't even put anything finite on it. And Abram's telling God, well, it looks like Eliezer's it. And God's like, that ain't it. That ain't anywhere close. Because what I'm going to give you is going to come from you. It's not coming from the outside. God is not giving you a prophetic word that's going to come from something other than you birthing yourself. You may have help, but that birthing process of what he's given you can only be done by you. Amen. I got to have some agreement on this because we know it's right. We know it's right. We know that God wants us to steward, to take care of, to manage to pray over, to declare the word that he's given us, the promise that he's given us. I can't ask Karen, Karen, here's my prophetic word. Why don't you just handle it for me? And when it gets all worked out, just let me know and I'll step in. That might seem easier, but we'll never grow in our journey with God if we're looking for someone else to be the bridge. The only way we will get to the place that God has for us is if we, like Abram, look at God and say, Look, God, this is what I know. This is how I've calculated it. Eliezer's it. So if I'm wrong, I'm trusting you to speak to my heart. And God looked at Abram and said, You're wrong. There's nothing right about that. That all the stars in the sky does not equal him. Because what I'm birthing is going to come out of you directly. God is good. But he gave him a glimpse. He gave him something to look forward to. And he was old. He wasn't any spring chicken. And I'm sure that there were times in his mind he had to go, how is this actually going to work? I've said that to the Lord. How is this actually going to work? I don't quite understand it. He's like, that's good. Because if you really understood it, you'd certainly mess it up. <laughs> you'd spreadsheet it. Okay. So there is, there is that space and time when God deposits in us that we have to gain interest with him. It's that time of spending with Him. It's that time of walking in this journey with Him. It's that time of, like Matt said, this door's open, so I'm going to step in this door and see where the next step's going to take me. This door's closed, so I'm not going to try to force it open because I'm curious about what's behind the door. If that door's closed for me, then I know God's got a different door open. And it's maneuvering those different obstacles with God because he's the only one he can, who can show you what's the right direction. And there is time issues with it because we are instant people. We like everything instant. Our ATM, our microwave, everything instant. Our Now we live stream everything. Whatever we want to watch, we just live stream it. I had to get a new phone. My phone broke and literally it broke. And so I had this little baby phone that was about 10 years old that I was using. So Karen was saying, you, I was getting the weirdest text from you. They would come from all kinds of places, and some of the text I wouldn't get at all. And I went in to trade my phone in, and they're like, oh, don't you want to buy our streaming service? I'm like, no. And he says, but just try it. So you just speak to the remote control and say, I want to watch Hallmark Channel. And it just turns. You don't even have to move it up and down, you don't have to look through the guide, you don't have to memorize the numbers. Everything is at voice. You know, everything now is at voice. And that's that is what our culture is. We're we are we're in a culture where we expect as soon as things are said that instantly they appear. And we put that on God, too. When he says a word, there's an expectation that Uh, That word is for now. It is for, you know, by the time I get home, it should be all worked out for me. And so there is that seed of frustration and disappointment and even hopelessness at times. Because we're looking for something that's not quite time. And trying to bring it into the now time. I remember when uh, I was at the church that we helped start, we were there for 18 years, and I've told you guys some of this, but the word the Lord gave me in 1999 is that people would gather, they would encounter Jesus, they would be transformed, they would be healed, and they would be sent. And that was the word. I, that is my word. I, I I want people to encounter Jesus because I know if you encounter Jesus, you will be changed. That's just the way Jesus works. And um, so we started up a service. My pastor was like, well, why don't you start a service once a month? And, you know, you can do that. I'm like, okay. So we did. Um, And I think I told you guys this. uh, The assistant pastor told me, don't worry if nobody comes. (laughs) Now, this is the first thing I've ever done anything like this. I wasn't ordained. I wasn't anything. I I was just desperate for Jesus. And I was desperate for people to encounter Jesus. And I was just desperate for us all to be together and encounter Jesus together and let Jesus do what Jesus does. I mean, that's all I wanted. And I thought, why wouldn't people come and want to encounter Jesus? I just didn't understand that. But people came. So that's okay. I just was expecting I came and I was like, I guess nobody's going to come. But people came because they're hungry for Jesus. So anyhow, so through our whole time at that church, I got ordained and I would preach and do all this stuff. But the vision God gave me, that wasn't it. But I wanted it to be it because I was immersed, because I was operating in my gifts, because I was doing what I love, because I was helping people encounter Jesus. And I kept thinking, Oh, this must be it. But that was my brain. Because inside, there were still things missing. There was still that vision that God had given me that wasn't fulfilled there. And I, I couldn't have my word, my calling, my anointing being fulfilled by someone else's calling and anointing. They didn't go together. So I figured, first of all, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be happy? Because Jesus is moving. People are getting healed. We had glitter falling. We had, you know, feathers. We had, I mean, we just had all kinds of stuff. But why did I not feel like this is it? Because God allowed me to operate in a part Of the fulfillment of what he called me to. He allowed me to practice somewhere. He allowed me to nurture it. But it wasn't it. It was something else. And I could feel the dissatisfaction, but I kept trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Then once I figured out nothing was wrong with me, I figured something was wrong with them. (laughs) Because something's got to be wrong, right? But that was very short-lived because I realized they're, they're working in their anointing. They're calling, all that kind of stuff. And, and they are uh, uh, kind enough to bring me up under it and let me practice what God has called me to do. But that was not the end place for me. And that's hard when you've moved into a place where there's comfort Where you see the move of the Lord, where you see him using you in the things that he said, you see fulfillment of what he's given you. But you know that that's part, that's not the end. And when sometimes there's departure that has to happen in order for you to move in to where you need to go. So anyway, that's just a little side note, but let's just turn to uh, Genesis 16. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I'm sure we all know the story. You know, Sarah decides that she is going to help God fulfill the prophetic word over him and Abraham, her and Abraham. So she gets the maidservant Hagar and says, Abraham, you can have her and then we can have a child and then we'll be happy. Because we know if we can get what we think God has for us, then we're going to be happy. Except when it's not what God has for us, then we realize that we've stepped outside of what he had. But what's interesting about this, if you read the whole story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, there's, the, the, there's many things that occur throughout their lives and where God intervenes. But in this instance, God did not step in. He did not intervene. He did not stop it. He allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen. And what did it do? It made Sarah so mad she couldn't even see straight. Because what she created was not the promise of God. It was in competition of what God had promised. So... It's interesting how, you know, in so many ways, and we'll talk about one of the instances, but in so many ways, we expect God to run interference for us all the time. But sometimes he allows us to go through the process of making a mistake. So we can grow and learn through that process. Okay, let's turn over to uh, Genesis 17. I'm not going to read Genesis 16. Let me turn over to Genesis 17. And I, I want to start in verse 1 because God will continue to remind you of your promises. And that's what he did with Abraham. He reminded him of what the promise was. He reminded him of what he had spoken over him years before. And how many times does God kind of give you a little nudge to go back and look or or gives you a picture of what he's promised to remind you, to encourage you, to hold on to? Over the last couple of weeks, I've gone back through and read the prophetic words over us, over the gathering, over myself, because I felt like I needed to be reminded. And it's not like I had forgotten, but there's something about reading them out loud there's something about talking to God. Remember when you told me this. Remember when this was spoken over me. Remember that night when we were sitting, you know, together. I was sitting in a uh, in our church building. I was just sitting there, and God just showed up and began to say, you know, I just remember. And when you go back and remember, it stirs up not only the depth of relationship he has for you, but it also stirs up that connection within you. You can remember with our mind, but when we start reliving the memories we remember with our whole body. So uh, uh, verse 17, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. For I have made you a father of many nations. Oh, I'm sorry. I call, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, that's right. No longer shall you, your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. So not just nations. We're we're past the stars in the sky. Now we're talking nations. We're getting some clarity here. And kings will come from those nations. And that comes from him, from Abraham. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Remember, we have talked about this. God is a God for us, for our family and for the generations to come. And, and he is drawing in our children. He's drawing in our family members. He's drawing them in because Why? We worship the Lord, we follow him, we obey him, and it may not look like your son or your daughter is falling or your grandchild is falling, but God has promised, and it's the reminder of that promise out of Isaiah 59-21 that our children and our children's children's children will serve the Lord. And we stand in faith, we stand believing, and we stand knowing that God will fulfill his word because that's what he does. Yes, we will not lose that. So he, and he, he also gives this, this same promise to Sarah. But I want to read this part about uh, Ishmael. Verse 15. In chapter 17. It says, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, You shall not call her by the name Sarai, but Sarah shall also be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come, shall be from her. So they both mother and father nations and they will birth kings for those nations. And then in verse 19, it says, then God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you and behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. And he shall beget 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. So Ishmael was not part of it. He was not the fulfillment of the promise. It it just wasn't Ishmael. And what we have to look at is, are there Ishmaels we have created that we're trying to hold on to, saying this is the fulfillment of God's promise to me, and it is not that. It's not that. And those are the things we have to let go of in order for God to move in the Isaacs so that we can walk to the next door of fulfillment for us. And it's just a question for God because if you ask him, he will tell you. And there's probably something in there within you that knows that it's not quite right. Just like with my other church, loved it, was there a long time. I thought we would be there forever. Our kids were raised in that church. Why would we ever leave? But something inside me said it wasn't quite right. That it would not be the long-term place. But in my mind, it was hard to let go. And, you know, God tricks you into letting go, right? Right? He does. He's like, oh, my church is like, oh, why don't y'all start a home group in your house? Sure, we'd love to. Three people from our church came. Everybody else came from somewhere else. Leaders, elders, pastors, worship people. They're like, we want more of God. And I'm like, this is a church event. No (laughs) But, you know, then your mind has to shift. God, what are you doing? And from there came the gathering. But I would not have been able to figure that out if I said to myself, oh, in order to satisfy what is not satisfied within me, I'm going to start a home group. And no one from my church is going to come. People who I don't know are going to come because they're hungry for God. Who thinks of that? Nobody. And God's like, that's because I'm God. Like he said to to Abraham, I am the God Almighty. And what you have done is not what I've promised. And what I've promised, I am going to do. And we're in a season of that promise being released and fulfilled in this season. And it's interesting because they go through this process with God. And, of course, Abraham laughs. No big deal. Sarah laughs. She gets confrontation. Why did you laugh? I didn't laugh. I swear to God. (laughs) you know it's interesting as i go through this but god says to them within 1 year you will have a baby they he gave them a timeline 12 months we're old as the hills but in 12 months we're going to get we're going to have a kid 12 months and what happens they encounter abimelech abraham is afraid Sarah is given to go on the harem with Abinelech. Here is the we're on the very cusp of fulfillment. We're right there. We're within twelve months. God had to intervene. There he had to. Isn't that funny? How how is it that their mind um they felt like you know, Abraham felt like he had no choice. She was taken, she was beautiful. At that age, she was gorgeous. We're just releasing gorgeousness over all of us, men and women included. It's like that glory, uh uh Deborah was releasing. That really is it. They carry such a present of God, she was gorgeous, so beautiful. And uh, in chapter 20, he goes through this whole process. Because she tells uh, Abimelech that she is my sister. And so he sent and he took Sarah. And this pivotal season of promise, about to be consummated and birthed, went into the hands of the enemy. The hands of the enemy. Verse 3 says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man. (laughs) That is a word from the Lord, right? (laughs) You are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. And it says, But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, you will slay a righteous nation also. Did he not say to me, did he not deceive me? And say she is my sister, and she even herself said he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. And from that, of course, Sarah is freed. And not only is she freed, but Abraham is given a multitude of possessions to take with him. To to. It's almost like his plunder, he made a mistake and he gets plunder for his error because God made him the father of nations. And with that father of nations came financial provision. And God will give you your financial provision for the calling that he has for you. Gene had that prophetic word on Friday night about that financial provision, that God was given that financial provision for those um, not for those, for the promise that God had given you. So I want to go to Genesis 21. I'm going to wrap this up because I'm excited about this is the part that I love. And and like I said, I want you guys to get out your promises. I want you to breathe on them. I want you to declare them. I want you to get face to face with God. I want you to say, God, remember, go back and even and, and re-enter in those visions. You know, once you've had an encounter with God, you can always go back into it. God, once you've had that breakthrough in that secret place in those visions, you can always go back into them. Go back and relive what God has spoken into you. Relive what He said over you. Get out your prophetic words and play them. It's so important right now because the birthing season is here. Just like Sarah birthed Isaac in the appointed time. That's what the word says. It says, 21 verse 1, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. God did what he said and the Lord did for Sarah as he has spoken. He will do for you as he has spoken over you for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. Doesn't say in her old age. It says his, (laughs) he was 10 years older at the set time. This is what's important at the set time of which God has spoken to him and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah born to him. That's what the promise was. Isaac. So in the set time, in the appointed time, is when the birthing happened. This is a set appointed time for birthing right now. That is the prophetic word over us now, is that we are birthing the promises of God. And is it going to be the full promise? I don't know. I don't know where you are in your journey. I know that there are so many things that I am going after because it's still part of what God spoke in 1999. And he has expanded what he spoke in ways that I would have never understood and things have been fulfilled that I just scratch my head and say, only you, God, only you, God, and there's more to come. And, and, and that's what the it should have said. The word for today is that ain't all. Because we know Isaac wasn't all. He was just the beginning. That ain't all. God has so much more for us. And we know that our declaration is that we're going to have a perfect health zone and that we're going to live and our eyes are not going to grow dim and our bodies are not going to grow weak. And we are seeing the resurrection power over us. God healing our bodies, healing our emotions, healing our families, healing our nation. So we have such a important calling on our lives. And it requires every one of us stepping into our individual call so the corporate call can be met. First Corinthians 12 said, we can't miss a piece of the body. We got to have every piece of the body functioning. Every piece of the body has to function in its calling. It has to function in the vision and the prophetic word and the promise and the purpose that God has given us. Every one of us, we can't let one of us loose because it'll affect the whole outcome of the corporate body. And that's the reason it's so important to not only see the billion-soul harvest, but it's important to see the church resurrected into life and into promise, and into believing that God will do what he's declared he's going to do. And even though it looks with our natural eyes like it's impossible, it should. Because God is way beyond any of us. So it should look impossible. Because that's when we know we just lean into the word, we lean into him, and, and the life comes out in the promise that he's given us. So we are walking promises of God. We are walking purposes for the kingdom of God. And every one of us are required to make this happen. Amen. Amen. Okay, I think that's good. I think that's good. Just be prepared. I think we're, we're going to be shaking our heads going, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened at the doctor because I was supposed to get another hip replacement. But the doctor says, hey, it looks great. Doesn't look like you need one. I I don't know what happened, but I'm getting checks in the mail. I don't know what happened, but only God can make it happen. So that's what I lean into is the one who can make the impossible possible. And he does it for all of us. Amen. Amen. Well, stand. let's pray. And we're going to go home excited that the yes and amen is over us. So, Father, we just thank you that each one of us have a deposit in us. Each one of us have had a glimpse of what you have for us. God, each one of us are, are really digging to find the depth of what's next and what door is open and what door is closed and where do you want us to step and who shall we influence and who shall we partner with. But, Lord, we know that only us individually can birth the vision that you've given us. And God, I just thank you for birth and pains because it gives us a heads up that the transition is here and the baby is coming. So so Lord, we just thank you for this birthing anointing we have right now in this season. And it's an appointed time and it's time for us to step into this next um. Uh, expansion that you have for us. And Lord, we are, we are a yes people. We've said it over and over. We are a yes people. Whatever you say, we say yes. Wherever you say go, we say yes. Whatever you want for us, we say yes. And even though we don't understand it, Lord, our answer is still yes. So God, thank you for just this obedient abundance that you've given us. And Lord, we just look forward to the sharing um, of our hearts and of uh, the breakthroughs that we're having, Lord, that we will share and we will exalt you and we will worship you and we will thank you and we will jump up and down for you because you are our God and you have your best for us. And we just thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.